the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show on this Friday Eve. Not just any Friday Eve, though. We are going into Christmas weekend, which Christmas, one of my Christmas. Oh, before I go on, I'm starting to talk about myself. <laughs> I also have a sidekick here with me. I got to bring in. I'm so excited for this topic. I'm starting to launch right into it. All right. Let me, before I go on any further, I'm not here by myself. Let me get, bring in my brother, my sidekick. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat. Sesame Broccolini. I thought you were going to forget about me there for a second. <laughs> Never. Not really. <laughs> Not for longer than 30 seconds or so. But I, well, I was just thinking Christmas weekend with my family because I was talking to some friends today about cr- Christmas traditions in the families. Uh, and my family, we love to binge watch some favorite movies over Christmas time. It's one of the things that we do. Um, it, you, I For many years, I liked A Christmas Story Till my brother wore me out on it one year where just he just wanted it played on repeat then it was like i it, you know if i if if i hear any more about this you know bb gun or whatever i'm gonna want to shoot myself um so but you know one of our traditions used to be to actually go to the movies on christmas day because there used to be like great blockbuster movies that would come out every year on christmas um not so much the case anymore particularly since covid um, and then, of course, you have to watch uh, Home Alone over Christmas weekend. Do you have any, does your family have any movies or movie traditions for Christmas? Yeah, we do. We, the Home Alone series is just so fantastic. It's it's hard mm-hmm. not to love that. Um, and it just yeah. keeps getting better and better the more we watch it because it's only this time of year. I won't watch mm-hmm. it any other time. Um, and then the, gosh, I'm trying to think. There's this other, we watch some Sometimes we'll try to watch like a cheesy horror movie or something. We have some own our own family traditions and stuff with with movies and holidays and when we all get together we all really like cheesy terribly done horror movies too. So we'll try to squeeze in a couple of those even though it's not really <laughs> Christmas related just because it's it's a good time for it. We're all together and yeah. all not working yeah. and just present and it's good it's a good family bonding thing. I I highly recommend well, it. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in the horror movie. I've got an old friend of mine named Diane. The cheesier the horror movie, the better. Like, that's totally her <laughs> genre. And there's some people that it's like, that's their thing, right? Um, I, you know, horror movies just have never scared me. And they just bore me if they're cheesy. I'll never forget. I was in the fifth grade, 10 years old. 
and our parents were out for dinner and I was in bed asleep and my sister runs, older sister, teenager, runs in the bedroom. Ange, Ange, you got to get up and come watch this movie with me. I'm so scared. And I'm like, what movie has you so scared? Oh, it was the night of the living dead. And I'm like, get out of here. Let me go back to sleep. Go, go watch your movie. And so long story short, mid, it took me many years before I ever decided out of curiosity, because we've laughed so much over the, have you ever seen this movie? It is absolutely the worst, most non-scary movie. It's worse than the, what, what was the movie that George Clooney uh, first did in Night of the Killer Tomatoes? I mean, it made that movie look like legit <laughs> horror, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you know so no i mean that's just it's just not one of my favorite movies that i just think is so cute that i i went to see when it first came out in the movies and i still love it to this day is my best friend's wedding and i'm not the biggest julia roberts fan but i love that movie so much because i love cameron diaz in that movie i think she is about the cutest little thing you've ever i think she made the entire movie for me i love the scene with the families together um with rupert everett's the actor and he gets them all singing this um dion warwick song i just think it's such a sweet cute movie and she's kind of dropped off the radar as an actress in recent years um she ended up marrying um this musician from his name is Benji um, Madden, I think his name is. Benji Madden. He's from the rock group Good Charlotte, who you're into, more into music than I am. Are you familiar with Good Charlotte's music? Um, only because I've heard the name thrown around. I don't know much about their catalog or what their sound is like. Yeah, um, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more, I've of, just a, never I'm more of a classic that... rock kind of guy. Ask me to anything from Dead to The Who to Jimi Hendrix and everything in between. I got that covered. Yeah, you're that same here. You know, I just never considered any of these late day rock bands to be legit, not compared to, you know, um, um, well, when you look at even just Zeppelin or who, yeah, concert footage, it's, I mean, it's like even just Woodstock, it's like the dead will go on for six hours and then follow it up by CCR and Joe Cocker and Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin, and then they'll bring in Bob Dylan. It's like you look at all this stuff, Monterey Pop Festival 67, I mean, incredible musicianship and even lots of other groups doobie brothers steely dan almond brothers there's so many that was Seen a rock all. renaissance we used to have something, yeah yeah we used to have something called day of rock and roll in the superdome and i mean it would practically be practically be like 12 hours of bands from wow. everybody from acdc to you know heart to john <laughs> nice. cougar mellencamp i've seen van halen i mean i've literally seen pretty much every every rock band except fleetwood mac really and yeah oh and that would be such a good group to see though Oh, yeah, I don't know. Lindsay I know. Buckingham and, and Stevie Nicks uh, in her prime. I, I yeah. imagine that'd be there's a great a, There's group. a, yeah, there's a Van, uh, not Van, I've seen Van Halen many times as well. Um, but there is a Fleetwood Mac cover band coming to San Diego. I may check them out because I actually saw a, a, a David Bowie cover group. And really? my friend and I went to see David Bowie and we didn't realize until the end that it was actually a woman. <laughs> and she was absolutely phenomenal. But anyway, got to get back to Cameron Diaz because when I saw this story today, I was like, this is so right on. I mean, we opened the show last hour with some truth and honesty from a congressman about how sometimes bills get passed and voted on because somebody was found naked in a hotel room with somebody else. And, you know, um, then they got visited by somebody who said, you're going to vote how we want you to vote. So Cameron Diaz, 
was asked, I don't even know how it came up in the conversation, um, but she says that society needs to normalize married couples sleeping in separate bedrooms. She says, I will go and sleep in my room. You go sleep in your room. And we have the bedroom in the middle that we can convene in for our relation, she says. And um, she says um, they have uh, they have a, a kid together. Um, she said that they, she has always felt this way. This is not about the fact that they've been married for like eight years. Um, she says, I know this is going to be a bad headline. Um, but I've already said it. She says, by the way, I don't feel that way now just because, you know, don't feel that way now because my husband is so wonderful. I said that uh, before I got married. So she, and she's not the only celebrity to admit to sleeping in separate bedrooms. I guess Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband do more than that. They actually only see each other four days a week. The rest of the time he's at his own house. That I think is weird, but I have a good friend of mine or somebody close to me, and I'm not going to out this person, but they've been married for many years. I mean, it would, they'd have to be blasted apart like concrete. Okay. These two will probably die either together or within minutes of each other. I mean, they're that connected, amazingly married, three kids, love each other to death, but they have slept in separate bedrooms for many years. And when I asked about it, she was like, only people, the only reason why married couples share a bedroom is if they're too poor to have their own. (laughs) She was like, she was like rich people always had their own bedrooms and she and and I'm like, but what about the marriage bed and staying close? And she goes, the quality of my marriage is not dependent on what happens when I'm unconscious. And I thought that is so true. Why is anybody, you know, suffering through snoring, uh, different comfort levels on the the uh, uh, you know on the bed? Some people like a fur mattress. Some people don't. You know, some people, when they wake up in the middle of the night, they like to turn the TV on. I mean, why should anybody suffer? I agree with Cameron Diaz. I think that, you know, your marriage, uh, you know, I I don't think you should be joined at the hip 24 hours a day. What are your thoughts? I mean, you're not married, but I I agree with Cameron Diaz here. I think it's very interesting. I see see some interesting points to it. I, I tell you what, my father, both my parents had, their biological fathers took off, unfortunately. Um, So my dad... His his father, his biological father, was not a great guy. But when my dad's mom remarried, she was devoutly Irish Catholic. And she married a Jewish man named Jay, who was incredible and turned my father on to Ronald Reagan and many other things mm. um, in the world of conservative political thought. So I thank him for that. But they slept in separate beds for many, many years um, while they were happily married. In, in Solely because, number one, of the message it would send to the kids and for lots of other just you know interesting reasons and i i think it's an act, i think it's a pretty decent idea there's there's something there i don't know it just it reminds me of of my grandmother and stuff that i used to hear growing up about her and jay and jay would drive her to church every single week and wait in the car for her when she was in mass Aww. um and you know he Sweet. he would he would have shabbat dinners on friday nights and it was just it's a, it's actually, I think, a, a beautiful thing in its own way. I don't know. That that's how well, I see I it. I think it. I think it depends. I think that couples shouldn't be shamed if they if they don't share a bed. Yeah, it should I be a choice. Like, every yeah. every marriage is different. Every marriage is different, and it's yeah. a different dynamic. And I, I just, I don't want. I mean, I think that it can be beautiful if if it contributes to an even healthier and more happy marriage. Then so right. be it. You know that that's the bottom line. Yeah, because there's some people that like to go to sleep with the TV on, other people that suffer from insomnia and they Mm -hmm. can't have any light on in the room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and sleep is so important to your health. 
your physiological health, your emotional health that, you know, not, and not everybody, two people are in the same groove just in, so I think you can be happily married and successfully married and not share a same, uh, you know, same bed. I think that, that we shouldn't be putting stigma on this. I think at a time in which we need more mar- people to get married and stay together that, you know, yes. I, I yep. think you should, if, if people can afford to sleep separately and make sure that they're getting the rest that they need, especially if they've got children, you know, I'm all for it. I, you know, I just, I can't criticize. And I think she's absolutely right. I mean, when, when I used to love the TV series, um, cause I read the entire series of the Laura Ingalls, um, books And I can remember, I mean, back when people were poor, they all slept in one room. Okay. People don't do that now. So, you know, really it is a financial situation for why most, most married couples, um, you know, sleep in the same bed. Um, did you, isn't it funny though? I was watching this old clip of, I love Lucy. And one of the things that struck me, even that was last night, um, before I saw this article today and I, and I last, it just dawned on me. I'm watching this last night and I noticed that in their bedroom, they had twin beds. Really? Like why in our, our, in our original like sitcoms and TV shows, married couples, they had twin beds in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) That's just weird. Like uh, that, that's just, I don't even understand that. I mean, why, why are they trying to act like married people shouldn't be, shouldn't be having conjugal relations? Is that what that was about? Think about how far we've gone as a country where we've got, where we had Lucy and Desi supposedly, and Bob, not Bob Newhart, uh, what was the other, um, Dick Van Dyke and his wife. And we had all these married couples supposedly sleeping in separate beds to be pure, I guess. And now look where we're at, you know, in terms of, um, can we go, I'd, I say, let's go back to the weird times of TV with the twin beds compared to what we're getting now. Right. I mean, yeah. Compared to the show Coco Melon, where a little boy dresses up like a girl oh. and then dances for his, his interracial, uh, gay dads. It's like, okay. Yeah. And that's children's content. Okay. And by, mind you, it's always interesting when you read, see these books like gender queer and in schools, and there's basically cartoon pornography inside them. And then a parent tries to read from the book at a school board meeting and they get shut down. Mm-hmm. Oh, s- sir. Yeah. Or miss. That's just not appropriate for this room. It's not yeah. appropriate for grown adults, but it is for a five-year-old kid. For a seven-year-old kid, for a 13-year-old adolescent who has no idea what's going on, unbelievable Mm -hmm. to me. So, yeah, I mean, there's probably some happy medium, but if those are the only two options, wholesome, moral values based mostly on at least Christianity or the Judeo-Christian framework versus degeneracy and wokeism and cultural Marxism, then, yeah, let's go back Mm -hmm. to Leave it to Beaver. Let's go back to I Love Mm -hmm. Lucy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Where do we go from here? Am I supposed to transition from this segment to talking about the border? <laughs> I know. Let's talk. If we're going to talk situation comedies, let's play some clips from Corinne Jean-Pierre from the White House, shall we? <laughs> Stay tuned. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego.
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Ooh, I've got uh, uh, easy listening jazz voice going right here tonight. Mm-hmm. Let me read a little email here from uh, my friend Mo. She says, happy Wednesday. Oh, so this was yesterday. Thank you, Jesus, for the day. She said, just listen to last evening's podcast, more like your old shows, which haven't been lately. Forgive me, Andrea. Enjoy your sidekick, knowledgeable and entertaining. There's just not enough of you enjoyed you you were more engaging with your audience in the past few days keep up the good work um thank you mo yeah i mean i've been i've I've had some ups and downs health wise in the past a few weeks and so if you've noticed a difference it's really bore men really more about you know uh, me dragging tail a little bit so appreciate that so much i'm curious what you think mo about uh whether or not we should be normalizing uh married couples uh, not sharing, not sleeping in the same bed. Look, I think if that was the only thing we had to worry about with married couples right now, I think we should be normalizing that and uh, try encouraging people to stay together. Um, all right, let's let's have a little fun at, uh, oh, before I talk about Kareen Jean-Pierre, I got to tell you, Kellyanne Conway's been impressing me lately. She's been really taking some people to task. I'm not sure if we have the clip of Kellyanne Conway, it might be on page two of the stack from yesterday, but how she described Democrats. I saw this clip. She, I think she was on Fox News. And it, it, I mean, it left their jaws on the ground. Do we, do we have that clip, Sesame? Mm, I have something for, from her here, but it's with Christy Nome. No, go to page two on the stack. Nothing in page two. No. Okay. So she basically, she was, um, they, I can't remember what the topic was or even what show she was on. Um, but she says that, that, uh, something about Democrat women, and then they go and get in their electric vehicle and go in and, and have their, oh, they're bad mouthing Trump or accusing him of being a di- dictator or whatever. Da, da, da. She goes, and then they go and get in their electric vehicle and go and have their abortion. And that's their day. And it was so like mic drop that the, I don't know if she was on The View or what show she was on with these other women, but it's like they didn't even know what to say because people do not expect conservatives to be that bold. But, and I thought that's exactly how we have to be. She didn't call anybody a nasty name. She just described what the Democrat Party is all about at this point, right? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to use the language that is that is so irrefutable, that is stark, and that is clear as to who they are as a party. And then I see, um, I must have just been so amazed by that clip yesterday, I didn't bother to save it. So then she's uh, talking to Christy Nome. And I don't know if you remember, but there, I, I, my, was it last night when I was talking to Jesse Jane Duff and I was asking about... Um, uh, Trump's VP pick, and I think it was JJD who alluded that there might be some stuff in Christy Noem's background uh, that might um, have him, you know, not want to choose her. And, and and I was thinking about that when I saw Kellyanne Conway today ask Christy Noem whether or not she would be able to ban Biden from South Dakota's ballot. And I thought this was interesting. Let's play this and then discuss. So Governor Noem, would you be able to bar Biden from the ballot in your state of South Dakota if say he violated that part of the 14th Amendment by unfreezing assets for Iran or allowed terrorists to just openly walk over the southern border? I mean, do you think that you'd have that power or your highest court would have that power? 
You know, I don't believe so. That's what is so um, interesting. It's, you know, the, the process that the court has is a balance to the, our federal government. Uh, it is a balance to our executive branch, a balance to our legislative branch. Um, you know, so us exerting the kind of influence on the court and their decisions to take that kind of action is really unprecedented. So I thought it was interesting because I thought, uh, I don't think that Christy Noem really nailed the answer. Because what Kellyanne Conway was doing was putting her in the hot seat for what she's doing as governor in the war that's going on in this country. Did I interpret it wrongly? No, um, not at all. I, I, don't, I don't think she's really answering the question um, at all. But, but I do think that the the underlying sentiment is is probably true. I mean, even even some Democrats are coming out and saying what's going on in Colorado is completely absurd. And it's and it's unconstitutional. So I, I do think that the underlying sentiment is th this is not a these these courts don't have this ability. And I just so I think the underlying sen sentiment is there, but it's not really what she was asked about. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, am, am I getting something wrong there? I, I I thought it was just I thought it was an interesting exchange. Uh, and I thought it was an interesting way to question about it. And so my hat tip goes to Kellyanne Conway on that exchange. Um, but what I wish Christy Nome had said back is, um, I should, uh, uh, I can't even remember exactly what she said, just about, it, it, it. well, she said she didn't know, and it was a little weaselly, versus, you know, I, I would I would have liked Christy Nome to have said back is, I've already explored ways legislatively or whatever that we can uh, use uh, under our state's constitution to hold him accountable for the crimes he's committed against the country. Why hasn't she as a governor? Not just not just explored where where are these Republican governors, in other words, in terms of I mean, she Kellyanne Conway lays out a couple of things that he's done that are treasonous. Does she not have an, a, a, a Republican attorney general, a U.S. attorney that's got some way in which they can bring a lawsuit or file charges on something? That that's that's the thing though. You make a good point because if you look at Texas, I mean, Ken Paxton is going mm -hmm. after the Biden administration left and right. I think there was breaking news from just this morning about yeah, and it's like the guy can't be everywhere at once. And the Bush dynasty in Texas tried to put him down, but he survived mm -hmm. that partisan impeachment, and he's lived to it to basically squeeze the Biden administration in every physical way that he can on mass censorship, on facilitating illegal immigration and the border, on pressuring social media companies to target conservatives and to control the narrative and push propaganda. It's it's really we, we've seen at this point there is no excuse at the state level because there's the states. They can't do any. They can't do anything they want. They can't do everything. Obviously, we have a carefully created system with checks and balances, all that. However, Ken Paxton is doing everything that he can. Mm -hmm. So that, that sets the new question for this environment, especially coming into the election. What, why aren't other Republicans in other states that are being impacted by the same problems in the same way stepping up in the same way that Ken Paxton is? I don't know. Exactly. I just don't know. Exactly. Um, all right. We're going to take a break. We come back. I want to shift gears. I've got some other things that I want to get into tonight. I think we're going to have to talk a little border because there's some breaking news going on with the border tonight here in uh, in the good old U.S. of A. There was also some dopey comment that somebody made today about the Department of Defense and Santa. Uh, we got, we, you know, why is the Biden administration trying to go dopey with me on Santa? 
you know, send, send your send your little Santa and his sleigh down to, to shut the border. All right. Stick with us. More Andrea K. Show coming up. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Shall we move into the crime portion of tonight's Andrea Kay Show? What's the crime and punishment and what should that be for a diversity hire who's the president of what was once the most respected college or university in the United States of America, who refused to denounce calls for the slaughter of Jews on her campus, and who then was found guilty of, I'm just going to say, not found guilty in a court of law, um, but obviously is guilty of plagiarism. She's managed to keep her job, but now there's new allegations of plagiarism in addition to the previous examples of 40, she's had now, um, there was, a, uh, in addition to the, I don't know how many examples of undeniable plagiarism from before, there's a new complaint this week uh, involving 40, I guess, new allegations of plagiarism against Claudine Gay, as uh, which were obtained by Washington Free Beacon. Uh, dozens of additional cases in which Gay quoted or paraphrased authors without proper attribution. Um, if she were not of a dark skin, if she did not have dark skin privilege, she would um, already been outed. I don't know what I, I'm not. I, I'm not an attorney. Is this not to me? This is this is akin to stolen valor in a sense, because when you are stealing the work of somebody else in order to um, gain notoriety of some sort, how is that should be criminal? You can face charges for stolen valor if you're pretending that you are a war hero. If you're if you're pretending to be somebody that's brilliant, who's written this brilliant work, and you're not attributing it to somebody else, how is that sto- not stolen valor? valor? How is she, in fact, um, Dr. Carol Swain has said that the harm, the damage is that the, one of the reasons why it's so important for people to be, uh, you know, have their work, um, uh, get the attribution for their work is that their status um, is to, like Dr. Carol Swain's status and her ability to get work and be recognized um, is dependent upon how many times her work gets cited. So there, this is not a victimless crime. Um, she needs to be prosecuted. This is a, this is stolen valor, in my opinion. Your thoughts, Sesame? Oh, I could not agree more. I mean, it's it's fraud, plain and simple. You are yes. passing off someone else's work as your own proprietary intellectual material content, and, and as you so um, so well said, for a clear monetary and or social benefit. Job mm-hmm. offers, cushy salary, incredible benefits, and now you're being protected by said university when otherwise someone who's, you know, if, if this was, in other words, like you said, if this was a straight white male, 
who was a Christian and or maybe even a conservative, they would have been gone. They'd never hire someone like that in the first place, not in this environment. But if so, if they discovered that kind of fraud, then that person would immediately be fired. This is it, it's so it's so frustrating, too, because it's such a stain on their record. You look at someone like Lawrence Summers, one of their previous you know presidents who put out constant work, his own work, by the way. And it's so because people have pushed back on these claims of plagiarism. It's so well documented at this point. Even the New York Times is coming out and mm-hmm. saying Claudine Gay clearly violated Harvard University's code of conduct and their rules around plagiarism. Clearly. So even if it's not criminal, she has violated one of their school rules, obviously, and that is a fireable offense. So this is... She's being protected because, like you said, it's the left sacred cow. She's willing to to speak the, all the woke language and and perpetuate the same propaganda. And she's she was handpicked in the same way that Kamala Harris was handpicked, not because mm-hmm. of qualifications, but because then the university can go around and brag and say, "This is our first African American female school president, and mm-hmm. we should all take pride in what she brings to the table, which includes work that she passes off of as her own, which is not really her own." So it's. It's sad because it's like, look past the surface at the content of her character. Is that really the kind of person you want to promote, Harvard? Is that really the kind of person you'd like to defend? Is is she really setting a decent example for students at the school? If you cheat the system, you get away with it. You get rewarded for it. You get a cookie. As long as you think mm-hmm. the right things and vote the right way and say the right things and do exactly as we tell you to do, like a puppet mm-hmm. and a puppet master. Yep. Yep, exactly. All right, so um, you had heard of a crime story involving San Diego that I hadn't heard yet, and I, and I want you to share that because I think that this is important. Yeah, speaking of crime, a San Diego County woman, she was arrested. Apparently she was running a shoplifting ring, and uh, she's accused of, you know, obviously accused, still nothing's been confirmed necessarily that I've seen, but apparently she was flying shoplifters criminals, whatever you want to call them, all across the country to different cities to shoplift from Ulta beauty stores. I've been in an Ulta like once in my whole life, um, so I don't really know mm-hmm. if there's a lot of security or if there are, if there are cameras or security guards, but apparently it's very easy to shoplift because there were Ulta worked with lawmakers and some local law enforcement. They investigated like 235 different instances of organized theft, and the shoplifting ring had more than $8 million in beauty products that they stole, according to search warrants. Um, and this is this woman that was arrested. I guess she's the head of the the snake here. She lives up in Bonsall, actually. So for anyone out hmm. near Fallbrook or Bonsall area, North County, California, CA 49, uh, Mike Levin's your incumbent. He's... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, this is this is pretty. Well, I was going to make a criminal joke because I think he's something close of a criminal to home. Yeah. But yeah, this is very close to home. I mean, it's it's. I, I don't know, well, but the, it, well, and and you know what? I I I'm wondering. I mean, I just saw this video the other day of women just loading up shopping carts and just walking out of a Marshalls, and this is what happens when, um, under the guise of uh, the need for justice reform and the prison pipeline. Um, alleged prison pipeline for black people, they decided that they weren't here in California going to prosecute anybody who stole up to $800 uh, or $900 worth of stuff. You can, you send, you fly people around the country, they can go into Ulta and get up to $800 worth of a whole lot of makeup. 
and then go sell that on the market and make a whole lot of money. You yep. do that over and over and over again. Well, and it's it's becoming so brazen in in particular parts of the country where people because this this woman had I believe an e commerce site and she was reselling it, but some oh, yeah. criminals will just set up shop. They'll rob a CBS a CVS or mm-hmm. a, or a Walgreens and they'll set up shop in front of that store and they will resell the products on the street in front of law enforcement, and in the case of San Francisco, in front of Mayor London Breed, in the case of San Diego, in front of Mayor Todd Gloria, who ran on, at least in part, public safety and and supporting law enforcement and backing the blue, but San Diego's had a noticeable crime rise in recent years. Crime is getting bad, and it's... it's We just had, excuse me for interrupting, we just had, somebody sent me an article, we had 17 convenience stores robbed in San Diego County, recently just in the past like few days 17 wow crime is out of control the democrats you know have have created this they want the anarchy they want to demonize cops because they want the anarchy in the streets um because it's about a breakdown of society and you know um and by the way i would never buy any goods that outside of a CVS, why would I do that? I mean, I, I, you know, it would be obvious to me it was stolen goods, but I'm wondering if, because you can buy a lot of drugstore stuff and a lot of makeup stuff online. People have Amazon stores. Now I'm wondering if people are buying some makeup on Amazon and thinking that it, it, and maybe it's stolen goods on Amazon. How do I know? It's a, it's a good question. It's, and it, and it just speaks to a there's a larger crime problem that you, that you're touching on mm-hmm. with the whole using it as a tool to break down society um mm-hmm. because it's it's the means to an end the end goal is completely is really the in my opinion the destruction of america and there are many ways to get to that end goal to that end state Um, But it's all these different processes. Part of it is facilitating mass illegal immigration over the southern border. And then part of it is creating migrant colonies, which are rife with cartel activity like Colony Mm -hmm. Ridge. And who knows? I mean, we've seen stories already where people living there have been accused of horrible crimes, shooting, stabbings, drug dealing. So it's and that's just those are people coming over the over the border. But we, we have plenty of homegrown criminals who are totally emboldened by these very lenient DAs who are allergic to holding criminals accountable. And it's the same thing, like you said, this myth mm-hmm. about over-incarceration. We do not have an over-incarceration problem in this country. The one thing you see with crime over and over is that it's a small group of people with very mm-hmm. long rap sheets, which tells me we have an under-incarceration problem exactly. because the same people get put out on the street over and over again, slap on the wrist, misdemeanor, probation, who cares? Why you guys even, and then of course, Republicans get criticized for noticing the crime wave. Republicans pounce, conservatives in uproar. And it's like, are we supposed to just normalize this descent into lawlessness back into the state of mm-hmm. nature? Because I'm not mm-hmm. for it. Absolutely not. No, me neither. No way. Me neither. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. I think it's the final segment of tonight's Andrea K show. You ain't going to want to miss it. But if you do miss any part of the show, don't forget the podcast. You can download it wherever you get your pods. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Do y'all believe in UFOs? Although I think they call them UAPs now or something like that. I, I, and why with the word games? Everybody calls them UFOs, right? Not unidentified. Some what? I don't even know. Unidentified aerial UAP. phenomenon. I think UAPs. Uh, it's so dumb. <laughs> well, apparently. A UFO has been caught on camera hovering over Air Force One at LAX during Joe Biden's fundraising trip to L.A. And this happened, I guess, on October 10th. The object was described as a white or silver sphere seen hovering near the presidential jet. And I'm looking at it. He came for a little uh, Holly weird fundraising and looks like something weird happened. Um, it, uh, I guess it's according to this article on daily mail, it caused a stir on social media. I don't remember hearing about it. Um, it was caught on camera by Reaper drones in the Middle East. And, uh, the, I guess we have an official UFO office in the government government. Um, they have been studying it. Um, so a couple of airplane enthusiasts named Joshua and Peter Solorzano, um, filmed it. And um, according to the article, there was two F-35 fighter jets patrolling the skies to enforce the flight restriction because there's flight restrictions, obviously, when Air Force One flies by. So that has fueled, you know, more reason for people to think that this was a UFO because, you know, these, you know, F-35 jets would clearly, you know, have shot down if it was like some other kind of jet that was or, or flight you know what I mean? Some other plane, I guess it appeared and then went away and then came back like three times. So it appeared three times, um, over a certain period of time. Um, and it moved and it, it, it like it, at one point it's in this position and then it goes away and then it comes back. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I do I believe that the Lord, the creator of our universe could also create life on another planet? I guess I can. I, I, why, why would I think that, why would I assume no? Your thoughts, Sesame? I mean, I, logically, I guess it's kind of a Schrodinger's cat situation because I, I can't really confirm it or necessarily deny it. I mean, the existence exactly. of other intelligent life in the universe. But I personally do strongly believe that there is probably some other intelligent or sentient life form out there. I just don't know how far away or what they... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but I think God created a very vast universe, and it would surprise me if we're the only people made mm -hmm. in his image and likeness to some extent. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's just it's an unanswered question, but... I'm very curious to to know what's going on. I don't know if the government has any real insights on it or if they're just trying to drop stories to cover up for the Bidens. <laughs> yeah, you um, never know. I mean, you, know, you, mean, you never I know, but I think it's a possibility for sure it is. Well, yeah. I, I mean, a bunch of people saw it. This guy says, I didn't see it move. I watched it for about 15 minutes to see it, if it zipped off. I'm quoting, see if it zipped off or anything, and it just floated, he said. Another guy said added that he... Also saw an LAPD helicopter circling near the object. Um, and his photos were timestamped 1236 p.m. that day. Another guy says it looked, it just looked like a distant white orb. The fact that it was stationary drew his attention, he said, and the fact that there was a helicopter circling. Um, he said, but he couldn't tell if the chopper was circling because of the object or something on the ground. So another guy says he was walking his dog in, in NoHo, North Hollywood 
when he saw it. So, I mean, this was seen by a bunch of different people and a bunch of randos. So it's not like the, you know, the same group of people are all saying they saw something. So, no, but you know, it's also but, yeah. some, some interesting, incredible people, reasonably credible with high level security clearances in the government and various departments like David Grush who's a whistleblower who has mm -hmm. completely sacrificed his whole career, yet he was totally teed up for a very long career in, in government, um, working with defense and intelligence, and he decided to step away from that role because he believed that there may be some things in this you know, world of unidentified whatever alien aircraft or body parts that the government isn't forthcoming about, and he thinks that it's warranting a public conversation with the American people. Um, so there have been fighter pilots, People in the Air Force, people with high-level security clearance, multiple of them that have said things that seem to corroborate certain reports. I guess it's very hard to say, but it's not just people with tinfoil hats sitting atop their roofs. It's, it's high-ranking people with security clearances who've seen things that are highly classified and have shared at least some details with it. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if there have been some encounters, if you want to call it, or some things that might lead people to think there's other life out there. And it's sentient life. But I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I find it very interesting. Um, I do. You know, I, you know, do I believe there's some celebrities that have said that they've encountered, you know, aliens? Do you remember when Ann H? Do you remember how she supposedly she was out wandering the desert and and somebody and, and she starts speaking this different language? Did she at one point claim that she had been she had encountered a UFO or and of course, rest in peace, Anne Hayes. Remember how she, you know, drove her car recently into and and, and died. Um, but there have been other celebrities that said that they've in, encountered UFOs. I think some of that could be a, a, just an attention grab. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was there was a hearing recently on UFOs in which one of the government guys said that there was biological matter found. So um, I just grew I grew up in a time in which we had the National Enquirer and we had all these tabloids. We don't even have, I don't even think they exist anymore, but they used to be sold at the checkout. And so, I mean, I grew up in the 70s and 80s with all these weird stories of aliens and all this kind of stuff. So now to me, it's just like a bad tabloid journalism article, you know, so, you know, um, so that that's my thoughts on that. Well, I hope the tabloids um, don't permanently poison the well for you because there's some interesting theories out there. And I, I, I don't know. It's I just I think it's. To me, it would be it would be cool. I, I don't have a stake in it either way. I just think that it's well. Let me ask the you idea this. of why other would the life out there. Hide it. Why? Why would the government have been hiding UFOs from us? I, I think I'm jaded from too many National Enquirer stories. Um, <laughs> here's a weird story um, that that I actually do believe. Alabama player arrested for allegedly spreading an STD. Um, I. Uh, Knowingly, he was, uh, I, you know, I think knowingly passing on an STD is chargeable. Um, here, in, here in the state of California, they have made it no longer criminal to intentionally transfer uh, AIDS to other people. So I say hat tip to Alabama for arresting this young man for that. And we need to restore some sanity back here to California when it comes to spreading HIV. I hate to end this Friday Eve show on, on an HIV or AIDS STD story. 
<laughs> Can we go back to talking about UFOs for a moment? <laughs> Do you guys believe in UFOs? Email me, andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. Love you all. Peace out. We'll be back on tomorrow night's show, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. right here on The Answer San Diego. Love you all. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.